0: Welcome to Historically Inaccurate, wholesome heritage moments with Megs, where I delve into some of Canada's most interesting pieces of history and culture. Here you'll get to hear your favorite stories, usually extended cuts from my TikTok, Megs Reads Good, with extra little tidbits of information along with my lukewarm takes. Today we're going to delve into the history of Darcy Island, so grab your favorite snack and get comfy because I have feelings. This is just a heads up that today's episode will deal with medical issues such as leprosy as well as the rampant racism that existed in BC during the late 1800s throughout uh, the end of time. So if any of these issues make you uncomfortable or you're around people that this might make uncomfortable, this is just a heads up. From 1891 to 1906, this 83-hectare island in Harrow Strait was Canada's most notorious leprosarium. While we know it as Darcy Island, the local Chinese community referred to it as the Island of Death, and it's where the BC government dumped Chinese immigrants suffering from leprosy. It's where they were left to fend for themselves until they died. I've always known it simply as a leper colony and assumed that they had used the island the same way they had used Dead Man's Island during the smallpox outbreak. But I was very wrong. It wasn't just a place for anyone that had leprosy. It was a place where the government dumped mostly Chinese people to wait out their death. And when one person died, the remaining group was responsible for burying that person. Now, for anybody being thrown on an island that's completely desolate would be an absolute nightmare. But when you throw leprosy into the mix, it's even worse. So what is leprosy? Also known as Hansen's disease, it's an infection caused by bacteria. These bacteria grow very slowly and it can take up to 20 years before someone would show signs of infection. It can affect the nerves, skin, eyes, and the lining of the nose. When the bacteria attacks the nerves, they can become swollen under the skin, causing the affected areas to lose the ability to sense touch and pain. This can lead to injuries like cuts and burns, and if left untreated, the nerve damage can cause lasting paralysis in the hands and feet. If the condition is advanced, your body may even reabsorb the affected digits over time, resulting in what appears to be the loss of fingers and or toes. Blindness can occur if the facial nerves are affected. Other signs of advanced leprosy may include the loss of eyebrows and the flattening of the infected's nose due to damage to the nasal septum. Leprosy has plagued humanity for thousands of years, even though historic leprosy doesn't exactly look the same as present-day leprosy, and it wasn't cured until 1956. And while it's mostly eradicated from the Western world, there are roughly 150 cases in the U.S. per year. Apparently, armadillos have been found to spread the bacteria and can pass it on to those who handle them. There are also around 250,000 cases around the world every year, and it's still quite prevalent in countries who do not have access to proper health care, with India, Brazil, and Indonesia having the highest numbers of new diagnoses. What we do know now is that leprosy isn't as contagious as previously thought, and that it can be treated with antibiotics. And those who are on antibiotics in our present-day world Don't have to worry about passing it on to other people. Now, Darcy Island wasn't the only leper colony in Canada, nor was it the first. In New Brunswick, Sheldrake Island was established in 1844 after a law mandated that lepers be sequestered. 44 lepers were held at the site and were brought in both voluntarily and by force. The majority of patients on the island were Acadians. Acadians are people who descended from the French and were, as you can probably guess, white. The island also had housing for typhus patients, but the lepers didn't want them around. So when the ship from Ireland arrived with typhus and smallpox patients, they were rerouted to Middle Island. Which might have worked out in their favor since the buildings on Sheldrake were beyond filthy and were filled with vermin. The lepers were so dissatisfied with their surroundings that they began to escape. After only being on the island for less than six months, only 20 lepers were left. The escapists ended up being hunted down and brought back in handcuffs. They built a 12-foot stake wall around the hospital so they couldn't escape. The patients didn't like that, and in 1845, they burned the buildings down which is why they were moved to Tracadie in 1849. The people of Tracadie were cared for until 1965 by the religious hospitaliers of St. Joseph, which means that the Lazarados in New Brunswick operated for 121 years. Darcy Island was not exclusive to the lepers of BC. Chinese people with leprosy were sent to Darcy Island from all across Canada. This is where the biggest differences in care between Darcy Island and the Trikadi come into play. The lepers of Tracadie were white. The lepers of Darcy Island had nothing but a shack for shelter and had food dropped off to them every three months. Why were people okay with this? Because they feared Chinese immigrant workers. They outworked them in the mines and all the railroads. And why wouldn't they? Chinese immigrants traveled halfway across the world to make a better life for themselves and their families. There was no way they wouldn't do everything in their power to succeed at achieving their dream. Darcy Island was the perfect place to send someone if you wanted to forget about them. It was surrounded by a strong current and low water temperatures, which made it nearly impossible to escape. People tried, but no one could beat the current. So while people were stranded on Darcy Island with absolutely nothing, the non-Asian lepers on Trikadi were being fed by a cook and being cared for in a hospital. Racism against the Asian community was so prevalent at this time that members of the community would hide those who had leprosy. It was 1891 and Victoria's police and health officers were conducting one of their routine sweeps through the neighborhood. This is where they found five men exhibiting signs of leprosy hidden in a small shack off of Fiskard Street. You have to remember that leprosy was once greatly feared as it was thought to be highly contagious. Even though we know now that it's difficult to spread and easily treatable once recognized, they didn't know that then. The Chinese community risked their own health and faced their own fear of the disease to protect those that were infected. When those men were finally found and taken into custody, the Municipal Council of Victoria requested the use of Darcy Island, and thus, the leper colony was formed with the support of the provincial government. While there weren't that many cases of leprosy in BC, especially among the Chinese community, this happened during a time when there were growing calls to limit and ultimately prohibit immigration from China. Leprosy ended up being closely associated with Chinese immigration because of this. Without even seeing the island, the men knew their fate if they ended up there. It's said that one of the men tried to jump off the boat as it departed and attempted to cut his own throat. Two men would opt to take their own lives rather than go to the island. A letter from one of the colony members named Lim Sam read, I'm being treated as a criminal though I have committed no crime. I'm being sent to an island prison from where no one has returned. I have no idea what awaits me. I don't think I've been so afraid. He was right to be afraid. He never made it off of Darcy Island. Even if they survived, they knew no one would save them. Few health officers ever visited. In 1898, Dr. Ernest Harrington of Victoria wrote, The wretched beings, some in the last stages of the disease, lined up on the beach and cried like children when we were leaving. The three-month deliveries were the only thing that broke up the monotony of their lives. Apart from that, they all lived in tiny cabins, one for each leper. The city had erected a six-unit row house for them. They were there for so long that some of the men ended up building their own shelters. The island ran this way for 15 years until the federal government took action and gave money to the BC government to improve conditions. Would you like to know where that money came from? it was head tax money. And what was the head tax? Essentially, right as the CPR was completed, the federal government enacted the Chinese Immigration Act of 1885. The legislation imposed a $50 fee, a head tax, on each Chinese person entering Canada. That would be around $1,536 today. The only people who were exempt were diplomats, clergymen, merchants, students, tourists, and men of science. Which kind of sounds like almost everybody. The act was modeled after the 1881 poll tax that had been passed in New Zealand. The intention was to discourage Chinese laborers from coming to Canada. In 1901, the tax was increased to $100, which would be around $3,500 today, and in 1903, it was increased again to $500, which would be around $17,000 today, which was the equivalent to two years of wages for a laborer. Even with the tax in place, Chinese migrants continued to come to Canada under the premise that they could make 10 to 20 times more here. Many had to borrow money to pay the tax, and they labored for years in order to pay the loan off. Despite the tax, over 97,000 Chinese immigrants came to Canada between 1885 and 1923 in hopes of building a better life, while also contributing greatly to Canadian society and helping build a better economy for BC. The amount collected over those years? $23 million. It was after the head tax was revoked that the Chinese Immigration Act of 1923 was enacted, which is also known as the Chinese Exclusion Act. If you're interested in learning more about that, I discuss it in episode one of this podcast. The Leprosy Act eventually gave the federal government full control over the islands, and in 1924, the colony on Darcy Island was shut down. Oh, you didn't know there was a Leprosy Act? Canada's first case of leprosy was documented in 1815 in New Brunswick. Ursula and Joseph Benedict had contracted it from two Norwegian sailors who had spent the winter in their home. They later died from the disease. This led to the first Lazaretto, which is a fancy word for an isolation hospital for people with an infectious disease, being set up at Sheldrake Island. One of the biggest proponents for passing the act was Dr. Alfred Corbett Smith. He was appointed as the Inspector of Leprosy for the Government of Canada from 1889 to 1899 when he became the superintendent for the Tricati Hospital. Smith believed that there should be more stringent legislation for the apprehension, detention, and medical supervision of those with leprosy, which ultimately led to the creation of the Act. It allowed the federal government to establish new hospitals through the Minister of Agriculture, which is kind of weird, and to appoint the necessary staff to ensure the proper management of the hospitals and care for the patients. It also stated that all persons with leprosy should be confined to a lazaretto, and that if they refused, they would be forcibly confined until they were healthy enough to be returned to society." Only if it was determined that the patient was not in a contagious state could they avoid confinement. But given how contagious they thought leprosy was, if anyone was found to be concealing some of them with leprosy, they could be fined between 10 to $100 or face imprisonment up to six months with or without hard labor. It also gave power to the justice of the peace to enter any property where a leprous person was believed to be and apprehend them for examination. And yet here we are in 2022 where people are upset that they're being asked to wear masks. Surviving inhabitants were moved to a better resourced facility on Betnik Island, which remained open until 1957. Here they received treatment and those that recovered were allowed to return to China. Over the course of its existence, 49 people in total were dumped onto Darcy Island. Most of them were men, and all but one were Chinese. So what happened to Darcy Island? The government burnt the remains of the colony to the ground. The island actually ended up becoming a key spot in the bootlegging of Canadian alcohol during American Prohibition. In 1961, the island was established as a marine park where remnants of the colony can still be found. It is now a popular tourist destination for those that like to camp out in the wilderness and do a little kayaking. In 2000, Victoria Mayor Alan Lowe unveiled a small plaque near the spot where the lepers lived. It says, between 1891 and 1906, these men died on this island, victims of leprosy and prejudice. May this symbol of remembrance restore them to humanity. It has the names of the men who passed away. It also mentions that there are four others whose names are unknown. Whose name is on that plaque, though? Lim Sams. I hope you've enjoyed that little tour into BC's dark history. Until next time, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. You are the best. See you later.